0: Welcome, everyone, again to this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me, as always, is co-host Steve Mez. The Team Blaney Podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been diehard followers of the Blaney racing family for about two decades. And today, we closely follow third-generation driver Ryan Blaney, who pilots the number 12 Ford Mustang for Team Penske on the NASCAR Cup Series circuit. Each week on the podcast, we will review Ryan's latest NASCAR race, and in this case, We're going to recap a successful 2021 season offering news, notes, statistics, and analysis. Steve, we're fresh off the final weekend of NASCAR racing in 2021. We saw champions crowned in three different series. I don't know about you, but I did sit down and watch all three races throughout this past weekend. And each one of them, I think delivered, um, especially just in comparison to last year. I'm not sure what it was, what's in the water down there in Phoenix, but each race was racy. Each race had plenty of excitement and drama. And I don't know about you, but I loved it.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the truck race, uh, Zane actually had a shot there with a couple laps to go it kind of faded on him, but, uh, boy, that would have been super for, for him and Josh. Uh, and then the, the, uh, the Xfinity race w- was crazy. Cause uh, you know, we were talking about uh, texting back and forth, you know, what Austin could have done and he really couldn't do much with that little bump. But of course, you know, cause you don't train for it, but really what he needed to do as soon as he got felt, he was getting bumped is turn left turn left. Yeah. Turn left. If he turns left, he cuts him off and he cuts him off off enough where they probably both slide across the line and he slides across the line in front of him. But, how do you train for something like that? You know, so, uh, great wild finish for that one too. You know, uh, the, the, the post race of the truck race, uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess he was, uh, he was feeling pretty, uh, pretty comfortable there and so forth. So the yeah.
0: it, shades it, of Brad Keslowski from 2012, that's what a lot of people were saying.
1: Yeah, so yeah, those two nights gave us a lot of excitement, and then uh, Sunday itself uh, was pretty pretty good. And you know, we had a bunch of lead changes. And uh, if you are watching Ryan specifically, like we do, uh, he had a great race. He was right there with those guys all all day long, and peaked his head up inside the top uh, those top four every once in a while, and uh, led a bunch of laps early on, which was kind of cool. You know, showed that uh, he's the top four driver out there uh, for a reason. And, um, yeah, it ended up being a pretty good day.
0: Yeah. Weekend was great. Like you said, I was, uh, cheering for Zane and cheering for Josh who was spotting for him, obviously, uh, but had just a ton of respect for what, um, Ben Rhodes did and how they, they were showing his in-car and showing, you know, just that march forward at the end, how he's, you know, kind of risking the transmission a little bit by starting to shift to gain speed in the, in the turns and, um, just having the patience that he had. And then, um, like I said, unfortunately for Josh and Zane, he did, they, Ben was able to pass him and ultimately win the championship, but, um, super exciting, uh, the bump and run in the Xfinity series. I think we both seemed like we were kind of okay with the move. I, the main thing I kept saying was it wasn't a dump. He didn't just slam Austin all the way up into the wall and, and move on and, 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 you know, cross the finish line on his own. It was kind of a tap to get him loose. And then, I, like I said uh, to a couple people, then they settled it down the stretch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. they did the side-by-side, banging a little bit, and then it was basically who was going to make it. But it wasn't an outright total crash fest or, or anything like that. So I was kind of cool with it. it. It was a great story as far as Daniel Hemrick, you know, not winning ever in the NASCAR on a NASCAR National national Series level uh, to do it and win the championship in the same race. Yeah. Um, I was kind of rooting for Allmendinger a little bit, uh, but I figured there's a slight chance they weren't really weren't going to have the car to compete there, but um, gotta give your tip our cap to Austin Sendrick, uh, who will be our future, Ryan's future Team Penske Cup Series teammate next year. Um, he dominated big parts of that race, I think had one of the fastest cars, and came up just short, and kudos to him for a very, very respectable interview that he gave when I know he was uh, even though we're okay with the bump and run, obviously he wouldn't have, uh, really didn't really enjoy the fact that it happened, but I think he understood that. I think if he was in the same shoes, he probably would have pulled a very similar move. So,
1: yeah, it was funny if people uh, were criticizing the interview and I'm like, you didn't listen to the interview very well because that was not Kyle Busch mm-hmm. you know, there was no real crying. There was no real complaining he handled it pretty well. He really did. For what had just happened to him and the whole season coming down to that last move, um, he did a good job of just being uh, adult about it and, and and saying the right things and uh, giving respect to the guy who won. So, yeah, I don't know what people listen to sometimes and they think that there's actual crying going on, but there, there wasn't any crying there. The guy actually handled it like a veteran, and that's kind of a cool thing because knowing that he's going to be uh, in the Cup Series for years and years and years to come. So, great weekend of racing.
0: So, why don't we go ahead and jump into our race recap of the NASCAR Cup Series championship race from this past weekend at Phoenix Raceway. Ryan Blaney race recap. Phoenix Raceway. Practice. Talking about practice. I put that, I don't know if you saw, I tweeted that uh that that gif on uh on the Team Blaney account just before practice got started and I don't, I wasn't sure how many people would understand what it was, but I thought it was funny.
1: It, it, it's a riot, but when in context, uh, the guy that was saying it when he was saying it was making fun of it himself because he he didn't like to practice actually. But um, we did have practice on Friday, and um, you know, early on, Ryan was like seventh fast. Um, but uh, at one point there, um, he had uh, what was it? The ten lap average was like a first and ten lap average.
0: And, yeah, uh, that worked out really well. That's what a lot of uh, media folks were kind of pointing to the 12 car being potentially the best of the rest when it comes to outside of the, the drivers in the championship four. And uh, the practice speed and the average speed, I think foreshadowed what was going to happen in the race.
1: Yeah. They talked about uh, him and Josh during the practice talked about running up in the in the re- uh, resin and and uh, who was doing it and who was getting good time out of it. Um, Ryan went out about four different times there uh, ran 47 laps total. Uh, the two car actually was fastest in, you know, in practice, But mind you practice, they just keep track of one fast lap. And, you know, a lot of times that's just how quick somebody gets out on the track and, and, uh, runs a lap before the tires go bad, you know? So, uh, qualifying was, uh, on Saturday night and, um, Ryan did pretty good with qualifying there too. You know, he popped it up in the, in the top couple and hung on to, uh, to the, uh, fourth, uh, position there. And, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting to see where the playoff guys ended up doing qualifying because the, uh, you know, the five car put it on the pole and the nine car was second, but then the 11 car was sixth and the 19th car was back in 12th. And, um, although we've seen all these cars, you know, fail tech starting the back work their way to the front and so forth. So starting 10th or 12th, 19th, you know. Uh, 19, 19 car starting 12th really isn't that big a deal you know, as the race goes on, but not to be a spoiler alert here. What we're going to find is
0: that, yeah, qualifying n- might not mean that much. Chase Elliott came for all the way from the back to win the championship last year, pit selection, um, the championship four drivers were going to pick in the first four slots for pit selection, but the order turned out to be a huge factor in the success of this race
1: yeah uh brian actually ended up with pit stall number two right behind larson uh around the bend there uh we got the stages were 75 ninety, three twelve. no competition caution since we had uh, practice and everything uh fuel window was looking at 92 to 98 laps roger comes on the radio wishes everybody good luck and uh and uh let's see they get um Larson taking the top on the beginning of the race on the initial start. Cause the, the initial start, the leader can take top or bottom. Um, and like I said, these restarts kind of a little wild, they get, uh, like in a little bit of an accordion effect. So it's hard to keep track of, but by lap three, uh, Ryan has passed the 24 car and he's up to third place. And, uh, at lap seven, we get a caution for the 23. Uh, we're not sure what happened with Bubba there, but, uh, his day was over. He started drinking early. Um, They stay out. They only had a couple of laps on tires. The nine was leading at this point. The five car actually pitted, which was kind of a weird thing. He come in and got some tires right off the bat. Um, All these choose cones, they didn't show like the first seven or eight choose, uh, choose cones, uh, still put me in charge of keeping track of that for her. And, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to bring it up anymore, you know, because the season's over and, you know,
0: I did see one later on in the race where they actually did do a replay, but I think it's because it was more of a crucial moment in the race, but early on they did not really seem to seem to care.
1: Yeah. And what's funny is with these accordion kind of restarts where these guys get bunched up and they can't get away from each other, what line you're in and who you're behind, you know, like I said, it always is important, but you know, um, but Brian, Ryan is in row two on the top there behind the leader to, on this restart. And, um, <laughs> we get a caution pretty much right away for the at lap 15 for the seven and the 47 car. Um, you know, Todd says we only got like eight green flag laps on the tires, So let's stay out. Um, they're in second, the nine leads about 11 or 12 cars stayed out behind Ryan, which gives them a little bit of a buffer behind the guys, uh, the guys who took tires. Um, the choose cone was the, for the two, um, and, uh, he took, I think he took top there. Ryan took the top. Oh sorry. Choose cone number two. Ryan was leader. I'm sorry. He took the top. And uh at lap 21, the restart happens. Ryan, of course, leads here for a while. Um at lap 30, he's got like a 1.4 second back, uh lead back to the five car. Um now at lap 32, they start coming in lap traffic, and um lap 35 uh the the uh four car is actually in second place behind him now one second back Uh, harvick was coming pretty good there
0: and you might talk about this but this was a battle (laughs) Uh, and i was impressed i thought we've been talking all year long about how we have a different ryan blaney behind the wheel in 2021 super aggressive he easily could have just let the four go by like i said you'll probably keep talking about it for a little bit here um Did not. The four got by a couple of times, but only for about a corner. And Mm -hmm. Ryan just fought him door to door. They bumped off of each other a couple of times during this, too. So uh, I think I had tweeted about it mentioned it in our discord chat you know it's actually it was fun you know, i think it was fun because the pressure was off if ryan was in the championship four and this battle mm-hmm. was happening i would have been in, in a totally different uh, state of mind uh probably way more nervous but at this point i had my popcorn i was enjoying uh, what was going on on the track between ryan and, and harvick
1: yeah they um for the next like eight or nine laps back and forth there uh ryan's talking about the tires were vibrating a little bit but uh you know but lap 44 the four still putting the pressure on um, by lap 50, he's racing with the four and the 19 pops his head up in there. And at lap 51, the 19 actually gets up in there and takes the lead. Um, and really the 19 the four, nine, the 12, five, all five cars are like pretty much under a blanket at this point. Um, how close together they all got, uh, and, at lap 53, Ryan is in fifth behind a co- couple of those guys that are, uh, championship four, um, Lap 58, the 11 passes, Ryan, so he's back to sixth, and, uh, of course, the championship four is all inside the top five at this point, so they've worked their way to the front, you know, a couple laps, 50-some laps in. Um, lap 66 to 24 passes, so Ryan's back to seventh, and uh, two three laps later, he does pass him back to get back to sixth um collapse 72 the 24 and the 41 are putting a lot of pressure on and they pass ryan at this point so ryan's back to eighth uh so the 19 wins the stage and uh ryan is in eighth at the end of the stage um he tells todd that everything went away basically there because they stayed out on those tires and um they did have a couple uh, you know cycles on those tires where other guys took tires so he actually did a good job for the guys that stayed out um, i don't know if i have this in my notes here um I do remember them saying they were telling him that uh, the next best guy who stayed out was Keselowski, and he or, um, he was all the way back in 18th, I think it yep. was at this point. Yeah, I was so. going to
0: say, he finished way ahead of all the other guys on old tires.
1: Right, so he did a good job of hanging in there with
0: those guys. I um, thought it was a good experiment. And Todd, I, I feel like Todd does this sometimes early on in races. He'll kind of experiment a little bit just to see what, what they could possibly use later if they needed to throw a Hail Mary. Uh, with a, a restart toward the end of this race where they could get the lead um i think it was a it didn't end up working out in the end they didn't use that that but they knew that they could and the broadcasters are pretty impressed with how long really ryan held the lead there uh
1: holding holding back all those other guys on fresh tires um the um next restarts at lap 83 Ryan's actually 15th after all the pitting happens. And, uh, he's on the bottom of row seven. Um, and I hear lots of bottom of three on a on couple of these restarts. Um, but lap 85, he's up to 12th, 87. He's up to 10th, 88. He's the ninth place lap 90. He's up to eighth lap 91 up to seventh. So, you know, right. Worked his way right back up there. What anything they may have lost on pit road there. Um, at lap 104, he passes the 24. He's up to sixth, and he's about five and a half seconds back of the leader, who's the nine at this point. Um, lap 122, the 19 actually takes the lead, and uh, Ryan is sixth at this point. You know, you know, ahead of him is all the championship four guys, and, and then uh, Harvick is the other guy up in that top five. Um, and at lap 129, we get caution for the double zero. So we get four tires fuel. They uh pit in six, come out seventh. Um, and he's telling me he's running the same times as the five and the eleven car at this point. So, and they are they're within a tenth basically of all the guys um who are in the championship four, pretty much most of the race, from what I saw. Um, uh, once again, Chuscone. This is the fourth one of them not on TV. <laughs> Uh, the leader is the nine. He takes top. Ryan also takes the top, and he's in row four here. Uh, the restarts at lap 135, and he's in sixth. Uh, he passes uh, four laps later, passes the 24 again, and to fifth. The 24 actually hangs around in that top 10 most of the day too. But we get a caution for the 47 car, and Todd says we're going to just stay out here, and a lot of guys, the leaders do. Uh, the leader is the nine. He takes the top. Ryan also takes the top. He's in row three. And the restarts at lap 144. by lap 148, Ryan's in fifth. At lap 155, we have the caution for the 14 car. And um they dude pit four tires, air pressure in fifth, out sixth. Um, four cars stayed out. So actually they end up 10th for the choose cone here. Um, behind four guys who took no tires, you know, basically stayed out. Um I think it was the 8, the 1, the 48, and the 99. So the leader was the 8. He took the top. Brian also took the top. And it's a little bit of a melee here because these guys fade pretty quick and everybody has to work their way around him.
0: And it kind of shows you that, you know, Ryan did the same thing a little bit earlier on, though. I don't think he had as many laps on his tires as these guys did. But, you know... Like you said, you described it as a melee. Ryan was able to drive out to the lead and keep it on his older tires, but um, had a really, really good handling race car though.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, The restarts at lap 162 by lap 164. He's up to fifth and it's the five, the nine, the 11, the 19, and then Ryan Uh, lap 190, uh, the five wins the stage. Ryan finishes fifth at the end of the stage there. So, you know, pretty good racing. And like I say, staying with it, staying with those guys all day, um, peeking up into the top five. Uh, they pit here and go, uh, in fifth out seventh, four tires fuel, some tape on the nose there. Seventh for the choose cone. The leader takes the top. Ryan also takes the top, putting himself in row four there. And the restart happens at lap 197. At lap 199, he's up to sixth. And, uh, you know, lap 224, he's about five and a half seconds back at the leader again. And um, at uh, lap 237, the nine takes the lead. At lap 242, the two car pits. And this is where some green flag pitting starts to happen. And this is where it gets kind of crazy here. Um, At lap 246, they pit from sixth position. I write that down because if it goes green, you like to see if they gain a spot on the cycle. Uh, The 19 is also on pit road, and we get this caution for the 38 car all at the same time. And um, (laughs) at first, I was pretty bad. I got real mad because I thought they lost a lap, Um, and they had to fight it. Um, From the radio stuff that I heard, um, they had them a lap down, NASCAR did, for a second. And both Josh and Todd says, I'd like to see the tape on that. And um, they argued with NASCAR, not over the radios that I heard because it's a different channel or something, but they uh, got with an official and the 19 and the 12 both got the lap back. And uh, I can't remember what the what's the crew chief of the 19 car said, but uh, there was a T-shirt out the next day of whatever he said about being kissed. Yeah, Uh,
0: Yeah, I don't think we should mention it, but yeah, I
1: know know what you mean. I saw it. (laughs) Yeah, Ryan. Well, Ryan said it finally worked in our favor, and and what we mean by this is the two those two cars ended up getting their pit stop in, still being on the lead lap, and everybody else was going to have to pit as soon as the uh, pits opened again, and this put the 19 and the two right up in the front.
0: I quite uh, honestly do not know how this worked out because they showed the 19. They showed him coming down pit road and getting off or across the the line before. Um, the rest of the field got to the start finish line and nowhere in any of that video did I see Ryan out ahead of him or go past and I saw, um, they, they showed the 19 going into his pit stall and Ryan was still coming down pit road. But then, like I said, they followed the 19 off. An off pit road. And I still never saw Ryan anywhere. So I, that's why I'm, I'm still. Well, the TV, when the TV showed how that, it happened,
1: well, here's the thing. When the TV showed that, then they showed you the nine car crossing start finish line. Yeah. But that's not what matters. What matters is the caution and the scoring loops. Yeah. So where the scoring loops are uh, as he's going down pit road before and after his pit stop versus um, when the, uh, the caution actually happened. So, the nine car may have been in turn three when the caution happened. And Ryan's pit stall is right near the start finish line Yep, because he was in the second pit stall. So yes, you saw the 19 car go by, but Ryan is sitting right there also. And the nine car hasn't even come yet at that point. So,
0: so I guess he would have, he would have finished his stop after the caution came out but since he'd already right. crossed that timing line yeah that makes a little bit more sense but i was like i don't know how this worked out i'm just glad that it did yeah, because so, he was going to be trapped a lap down and i was frustrated
1: yeah so um they, they get like i said they they basically fall into into some good fortune because they're they're the two cars that have two cars that are on the lead lap have pitted and everybody else comes in to pit once the pits open again so they are starting out in front, and the 19 takes the top, and Ryan takes the top behind him. Uh, that confused me. At did you? Yeah. Did you have any insights
0: on that? I was like, I, why? I kinda, why would you not take the front row? I don't. I don't know what happened
1: there. I, I don't. I, I think at that point in the race kind of probably. I, I don't remember who was on the bottom or who was third at that point, but I would think that it might be just a courtesy thing out of the championship guys. That's what I
0: thought. I didn't want to, I wasn't really sure whether it just seemed weird. I was like, oh, you've got this great break here. Mm -hmm. And then you take, you know, third,
1: basically. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. But the guy in the low line wasn't doing a great job of, you know, being that the way those restarts are working, I think being behind the leader and the leader getting the good jump, and if you get the good jump, you could beat that guy in the bottom and maybe clear him all the way to second anyway. So, you know, maybe it didn't really work out that way um, with the restart, but um, they restarted lap 255. And by lap 257, he was in third at 258, the nine passed him. So he ended up in fourth and at lap 260, the five passed him. So he was up to fifth. So once again, it's our championship four. And then Ryan in fifth um, at lap 282, there's a caution for the thirteen. Um, they pit go in fifth, come out sixth. And the 10 car was the one that passed from one pit road there. So I don't know, uh, what happened there. Um, the choose cone, uh, the eighth one, they, sh- they actually showed this one on TV and, he uh, was P six for the cone leader took the top. Ryan took the bottom to put himself in row three. Um, the restart was at lap two eighty eight, and he was in sixth. lap 291 he passes that 10 car gets rid of him he's up to fifth lap 300 um you know he's not too far back of the uh the 11 car uh, about uh, half a second back so um you know he does get to the 11 and i'm sorry not the 11 the nine actually fades before the end of the race here um the 11 does pass the nine the nine then fades and uh, larson wins the race and uh ryan does finish fourth um giving him that great top five that Adam was looking for to finish off a pretty good statistical uh, season there with top fives and top tens and uh, you know, Larson winning, you know, what we predicted last week, we talked about our predictions. Um, It's only befitting. I think the guy won 10 races, five of them were in the playoffs, (laughs) which is pretty amazing to think about too. When all the pressure was on, he just started winning all the races in the playoffs and uh, he did everything you needed to do to be a real champion. So, um. And it wasn't a cakewalk. I mean, the reason he got to that spot, he gained
0: on that final restart, that final uh, pit sequence, his team gained him three positions on pit road. Mm-hmm. Um, his car was not the best car on the track at that point in the race. So really early on, like right before we jumped into this recap, I had mentioned, um, you might think qualifying didn't mean anything because, oh, the top four got to pick um, because the top four can race from anywhere in the field and still probably make their you know cream rises to the top all that stuff, but it was what ended up being very key in this fact was that Larson qualified, out qualified everybody actually by a pretty decent margin, mm-hmm. and got to pick his pit stall first. When you pick that first pit stall on pit road, he. Due to where the uh, the timing and scoring lines are, he didn't have to worry about going too fast out of his pit stall. He could stomp on the gas and go when he was done with his pit stop. And ultimately, a fast pit stop, uh, the second fastest of the year for that team, they said, um, got him that that opportunity to stomp on the gas after that pit stop and beat the eleven car out for the lead. And basically, they got to decide the championship on the track. Um, he had to race for that. Victory and got it. Uh, his 10th win of the year, as you said, and uh, a very, very deserving champion uh, for that five car. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, exciting race overall. I mean, just the fact that those guys were able to run one through four the entire race. No one really made big mistakes. Really, the only mistakes that happened with those four drivers was just being slightly off on pit road, and it wasn't by like a ton, uh, but. Truex went in and he lost three spots on that final, uh, pit sequence. So I, and if you remember though, the fact that I said that Larson wasn't going to win the championship, that was my prediction. I think I predicted that the, the 19 would lose the championship on pit road. And that actually is what happened. Um, and Denny Hamlin, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened there. He had the a golden opportunity and probably had his worst restart of the race. So, um, congratulations to the 5 team and Kyle Larson um we're about to we'll hop into a recap a little bit later on uh, the season but great strong finish by the 12 team after a couple of hiccups towards the end of this playoffs and uh another top 5 uh mark uh goes up on the on the rung for the season so um overall like we said great weekend of racing across all three series i think phoenix delivered i said i would the last couple of years have been sad, or at least last year been sad to see the the championship race go away from Homestead. But the weather was perfect. I think in this races, this track's history, only twice have they ever been affected by rain. Uh, I think 2015 and 2007, 2009, or something like that. There was a zero percent chance of rain pretty much all week because that's just kind of what the weather is like out there. So it is a really, really good place to host a championship weekend. Destination city, plenty to do and um if you saw the the build-up as the media people started to arrive they had nascar banners and everything all over the city all over the buildings all over the airport um really something they didn't get to enjoy last year because of the pandemic so um i don't know kudos all around to everybody that planned it uh to the racetrack uh deciding to put the resin out there instead of pj1 i don't know whatever they did it turned out to be a great weekend of racing and it was a great week uh To close out the year for ryan blaney and uh oh joe we haven't mentioned this yet we mentioned it last week though but that was the final race for todd gordon and the final race for brad keselowski as ryan's teammate as well so um cheers to them uh and what their next endeavors are but hey why don't we go ahead and take our weekly trip back through the history of nascar this week in nascar history up first for this week in NASCAR history, when we go back to November 8th, 1964, Ned Jarrett wins the season finale at Jacksonville, North Carolina. It is Jarrett's 15th win of the season. Richard Petty wraps up his first NASCAR Grand National Championship. The Jacksonville event is the 62nd race of the campaign, the most races ever staged during a single NASCAR season. Let's jump ahead to November 15th. 1970. Cale Yarborough hustles to victory in the American 500 at Rockingham and announces from Victory Lane that he will move to the USEC IndyCar Trail in 1971. Moving on to November 15th, 1980. Benny Parsons wins the season finale at Ontario Speedway as Dale Earnhardt captures his first NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National title. Earnhardt rallies back from a lap deficit to finish fifth. His final margin of victory over Cale Yarborough, who finishes third at Ontario, is 19 points. Uh, So that was the first NASCAR Winston Cup championship for Dale Earnhardt. And remember that that came in the number two car for Rod Osterlin. His six other championships came in the number three car for Richard Childress Racing. And finally for this week in NASCAR history, we go back to November 15th, 1992, Bill Elliott and Alan Kowicki engage in an epic struggle with Elliott scoring a narrow victory in the season ending Hooters 500 at Atlanta. Points leader Davey Allison is knocked out of the title hunt by an early crash. Elliott wins the race but fails to pick up points on Kowicki who clings to a narrow 10 point margin in the final standings. It is the closest title race in NASCAR history. Notably, Jeff Gordon makes his first NASCAR Winston Cup start as Richard Petty competes in his final NASCAR event. That's it for this week in NASCAR history. Tune into the future of the Team Blaney podcast, and we'll be sure to take you on several more trips through the history of NASCAR. All right, Steve, normally this is the part of the show where we'll preview the upcoming race for Ryan and the NASCAR Cup Series season, but the upcoming race isn't coming until february 2022 when the nascar cup series heads to the los angeles memorial coliseum for the bush clash uh but i don't want to jump too far ahead yet because we still have plenty to talk about in this 2021 season that just wrapped up at phoenix raceway at the end of last week um Ryan obviously stumbled a little bit at the end, didn't make the championship four, but we've got a lot of races and statistics and everything to go through here uh, from this number 12 team season and almost from every single area, statistics-wise, and then maybe even the eye test-wise, Ryan had a career year um, and probably one of the best years that this number 12 team for Team Penske has seen in many, many years.
1: Yeah, this, uh, this was, um, you know, it's start a little slow, but as the year went on, we saw some great, great stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I've been seeing um, a lot of positive things about the year, the way the year went, plus how, you know, the future looks bright. And uh, definitely the things that happened this year definitely, you know, make that true.
0: What's so funny is the fact that you say the season did start out slow, and in fact, it did. Start out kind of slow, but it was only three races and I I remember at that time it for a lot of fans um, You know, that's when we were really pushing our our power of positivity message because we were getting a lot of negativity uh, From our social media channels and Ryan fans and and everyone kind of you know The sky is falling and it seemed like that was lasting an eternity But really it was only the first three races of the year and then the teams kind of started clicking and then there was really only uh, kind of two other small skids uh, for this team so Um, pretty far right out of the gate, though, um, just, you know, within the first 10 races of the year that the team started coming together, I thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, by what we saw week six, you know, when you got to Atlanta and, and, you know, passing Mr. Larson for the win. um, I thought everything from that point forward, I thought, well, this is it. They're in. They're in the playoffs. We know what we can do. We know we're going to do better than, you know, we know we're going to do better than last year. But then there were things that happened as the summer went on that made this uh, year even better and, uh, you know, made it even more optimistic as the year went on.
0: And that was so that Atlanta race, as you mentioned, the sixth race of the year, that was the earliest Ryan had ever won a race in the year. So that was already kind of exciting. So like you were saying, a little bit of a slow start to the year, and then they picked up that victory at Atlanta, and then from then on, it was pretty respectable finishes. Still wasn't too uh, too great, specifically after that, but before we just go race by race by race, I thought it might be kind of fun, or... You can tell me different if we just kind of do this recap. So kind of in chunks It it won't be very linear because we will be bouncing back a little bit here, but I've kind of put Ryan's finishes Into different categories. I have a I have a best finishes. I have a worst finishes and then I have a uh, uh, Kind of a uh, another interesting tidbit of a track that he kind of struggled at some finishes marked down for there And then I also have a list that I know you're interested in going through as well just the races that we were fortunate enough to attend during 2021 which for me it was a record uh number because we traveled a lot more uh, this past season so so what do you want to start with Do you want to kind of go through his his worst finishes first or his best finishes first what, what do you want to what do you want to go through here
1: yeah get the bad news out of the get way get the first. bad news out
0: of the way and 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 we did get the almost uh the bad news out of the way here um at the daytona 500 um a race that um, I actually didn't attend the Daytona 500 in person this year because it was still under limited capacity, and I hadn't bought tickets. I hadn't bought tickets in like November or something the prior year, which even if you had, you would have had to have. Uh, there was kind of like a lottery after that to whether you got to go. So that capacity, limited capacity, was sold out. So we stayed home for this one, and we're actually kind of thankful that we did because. Uh, we've sat through numerous rain delays at Daytona, and this was one. They, they got the race started off, but how many laps was it in? It was like, you know, just a, you know, 15 or 20 laps into this race. Big crash. And Ryan was uh, part of that wreck uh, along with several other drivers. And then immediately following this, you know, he DNFs out of this race, the Daytona 500. Huge day-long rain delay. Uh, but they did eventually finish that race, and obviously Michael McDowell for Front Row Motorsports went on to win, uh, which was a very popular victory, but Ryan ended up finishing 30th uh, to start the season off. So I think at that point in the year, we had just launched the podcast. We had, had just, I think, wrapped up uh, leading into it. We did a, we did our like history of our Blaney fandom. We did a season preview. And we were all ramped up to do our first race recap, and we were kind of, you know, kicked in the stomach there. <laughs> but it was the first race of the year, and it was Daytona, so you know how those super speedway races work.
1: Yeah, you get uh, you get involved in the crash, and and you you know if you can't fix the damage, you, you don't want to be out there because you're just going to get run over. And um, they they were in a big crash, so it wasn't like you know there's any choice. Um, you know, 14, it was 14 laps into the race, I think it was. So, you know, I mean, just one of those things that, that the super speedways seem to do, and you just hope to minimize that. And later in the year, he does a pretty good job, uh, staying out of those, those kind of things, uh, the next time by Daytona.
0: So the, the next weekend they head down to, uh, back to Daytona. Uh, again, but that one we're not going to mention because that one was still on the good side. His next, what I've considered bad finishes, and I didn't, I didn't specify what my criteria was for his worst finishes of the year. And for me, um, that was anything 16th on back, uh, so 16th to 40th or 36 in some races, but I think the field's capped at 40. So 16th to 40th is what I considered because if you're running for Team Penske in the NASCAR Cup Series. You should at least be able to get a top 15 if you've made a mistake uh, in the day. You should be able to, to at least get a top 15 finish. So this next finish came at Homestead Miami Speedway, the third race of the year, finishes 29th. I don't remember all the details of that. I was <laughs> I was there, um, but maybe I've just kind of blocked it out of my memory. I think it had something to do with a, a tire issue and, and, and some other stuff, but uh, 29th there. We go over to uh, our, next, our next one there. It is the first race at Kansas. Uh, we had high hopes going into this one. Ryan's always run well at Kansas. He's has uh, multiple poles at Kansas. Um, was restarting on the front row of this final restart at Kansas. Kansas with um, future uh, champion Kyle Larson was lined up behind him, and Larson pushed Ryan all the way into turn one and all the way into the wall. <laughs> so yeah. that did not work out. Both of them slipped back, and he slipped back to a twenty-first place finish which is really disappointing uh,
1: especially when he had the shot for the win there yeah that uh yeah that's one of those ones once again i mean when it's out of your hands something's out out of your control um you know you can only control the car so much especially when somebody else is actually uh, taking your rear wheels almost off the ground um you know it it just was one of those things and hopefully those things don't happen too often you know so now we move on to
0: uh, a couple weeks later, uh, NASCAR Cup Series makes its first ever trip down to Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. Really hyped up weekend that, unfortunately, it was another one of those weekends of the year, just like Daytona and some other ones where Mother Nature just, oh, man, just kind of wrecks the plan. So all the pomp and circumstance going into this weekend, and then almost every single race of the the three series, that race there at COTA, all affected by rain in this there was basically a deluge during this cup series race. Mm-hmm. So uh, good news is for this next year, when they go back to Coda, that they've moved it up early into the air when it should be fairly dry in Texas. But um, Ryan struggled throughout this race and I've kind of marked down what I think happened during the race or what I remember. And I put like multiple crashes because he was, got beat and banged around during this, uh, this race and ended up ultimately finishing 17th.
1: The, the thing I wanted to see in that race was that long straight, long straight away after that hairpin turn and how they hit the accelerator and went down that. And that would have been great in dry conditions, but in the wet conditions and it was so wet and there were nothing but fishtails coming off the cars. Uh, they needed to put rear mud flaps on these cars um, because there were a couple of times they went down that straightaway, could not see in front of them and uh yeah a couple of people got plowed basically it's a miracle nobody got really injured badly um uh, and that's that's where his issues happened because you know he ended up having to avoid some of those wrecks and being involved in some of those wrecks and uh you know they, they didn't do bad that weekend they qualified the car uh at, at ninth you know and still salvaged 17th out of it but i would have loved to see that under dry conditions and let, let's see what happens next year there So moving on from
0: there, we make another uh, trip to a new track for this in the 2021 season. They head to Nashville Super Speedway, um, a track that was on the Xfinity and I think truck series circuit in the past brought back uh, to the Cup Series now for the first time. But um, we didn't mention this, but a couple of times previously in the year, they had some brake issues, specifically at road courses. But whatever brake package they brought to Nashville, I think even Todd Gordon had mentioned they didn't necessarily bring the right one. The brakes ended up failing, and Ryan crashes out of this race at Nashville, um, mm-hmm. ties his worst finish of the year at
1: 37th. Yeah, he hit the wall pretty hard there, and uh, they, they showed it. You know, they showed good coverage of that on TV where it pretty much exploded. Whatever happened with the rotor um, just exploded out of there, and you know. Uh, what a hard hard hit you know it's it's a good thing that uh, they can walk away from something like that
0: the next finish up in my uh my list of ryan's worst finishes of 2021 again finishes that were 16th on back in the standings there road america now again another track uh that nascar the cup series was going to for the first time a track that ryan did race on in the xfinity series though he ended up going to and this one i, I was talking to you about it didn't really having that many incidents on track, they just struggled again mm-hmm. to a 20th place finish.
1: Yeah, we were at this one, and the, the qualifying was in the morning on Sunday there and qualified 17th, and uh, they just couldn't seem to get, uh, get whatever they needed to get together to, to run well there. I, I don't know what happened, but, uh, yeah, it was a, just a bad road course, and that's unusual because he's not too bad on road courses. So next year, hopefully, it'll be better.
0: And the next to last race here on my list, we go to the Southern 500 at Darlington. Uh, This one, I believe, uh, uh, was another race that I attended at. It was a tire issue. Happened uh, between uh, 3 and 4. He actually kind of spun out. Uh, Didn't hit anything, but it did put him into the back of the field there, there toward the end of the race in the Southern 500, and he ended up finishing 22nd.
1: Yeah, luckily this year they had a bunch of uh, extra points going into the playoffs, so round one wasn't as going to be as big a deal uh, this this time around.
0: And then finally uh capping off this list which i had mentioned you know to steve when well i was going over some of the stats that i put together on my list of worst finishes again with that criteria 16th on back he's only got eight of them so only eight times in 2021 did the 12 team finish worse than 15th in a race so this last one uh this was a painful one for us this was uh in the middle of this round of eight here at kansas again we were pumped up for kansas one he as we said, started on the front row of the last restart there and kind of got pushed up into the wall by Larson. Kansas 2, crash again. Ties' his worst finish of the year at 37th at a really, really crucial time of that round of eight where he had a really good opportunity to score a lot of stage points. That could have been what pushes him into the championship four, but it doesn't work out. They crash out.
1: Yeah, they had, um, they had an issue before that. And, and that's another thing that uh, maybe we didn't point out well enough on the podcast, but um, he was racing a little further back in the, tre- in the pack to begin with because uh, they rebounded from a tire issue they had earlier in the race uh, when the wind there, basically the wind is what knocked him out. The wind knocked him into the wall at one point uh causing the tire rub, causing the tire issue. They rebounded from that. They got back to the lead lap, but you end up racing, you know, back in the pack a little bit and not racing up front and sometimes you end up with some of these other guys that uh you know, and the wind could have caused that guy the problem too. You don't know, you know. Um uh, of course everybody picks on the uh on the 8 car for the next 2 weeks uh you know, after those incidents, but the truth is is uh, you don't know. You don't know if uh, it was just that or you know, the eight got loose because of the wind too. So it, it really was a rough thing. And like I said, hopefully this is something that just doesn't happen again. You know, you rise above it. And um, you know, as the as next year goes, uh, hopefully we won't see that kind of thing. So again, I
0: had eight races there. Daytona, five hundred thirtieth, 30th Homestead, 29th Kansas, one 21st Coda, 17th Nashville, 37th road, America 20th Darlington, Southern 522nd and Kansas two thirty seventh. 37th. So we've got the worst finishes out of the way. So now we've just got nothing but positivity for the the rest of uh, most of this recap here. So why don't we switch over to the best finishes? So at this point, uh, I'm really only looking at top fives. Uh, Let's take a run through uh, where Ryan finished in the top five this year, which happened 11 times. The first one coming up here was the spring race at Las Vegas. So this is the fourth race of the season coming off of kind of three disappointing races, uh, Daytona, Daytona Road Course, and Homestead but then he rebounds here, and this kind of kicks off a run here um, that starts out really well and then kind of levels off a little bit. Um, But fifth-place finish in the
1: first run out there at Vegas. Yeah, you know, this is uh, the first couple weeks of the season didn't go very well, and we needed something. And the mile-and-a-half, like I said, I've always been confident in in their mile-and-a-half program, and sure enough, they get to Vegas, first mile-and-a-half. Well, the homestead was a a mile-and-a-half, but the first – mile and a half that Ryan's really good at and sure enough, they show up and, uh, and finish fifth.
0: So our next best finish of the season happens in the sixth race of the season. We already mentioned it at Motor Speedway. This was one that I've been waiting for Ryan to check off. You know, he won at Pocono, which is, you know, just kind of an odd track, a triangle shape. He won at Talladega multiple times. He's won at the Roval. Uh, you know, when's Ryan finally going to win on a mile and a half track and, comes down to the end he's the one that manages his tires the best and he passes the five car who had been dominating uh the early part of this season and it was so satisfying seeing him track the five car down pass him and uh run out run off to the to victory lane in this this race
1: yeah they lead a bunch of laps uh you know check out you know stays green and they check out and that's a that's always a great thing when you can you can show that kind of dominance that, that uh, your car and your team and your program is uh, good enough to do something like that that you're not just lucking out or or you know or being at the right place at the right time. The next top five run for Ryan Blaney comes in the first
0: race of doubleheader at Pocono Raceway where he finishes fifth. He did follow that up with a sixth-place finish the next day, but it doesn't count uh, in this case because I'm only counting top fives. But that was a great weekend for him overall, and um, it was a great weekend for the uh, leading into it for the podcast because we actually did get to talk to uh, that official that you brought onto the show uh, from Pocono that kind of talked yeah, Kevin, about everything that went into the weekend.
1: Yeah, Kevin there, they were talking about uh, how they sold out the infield there. Um yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting too is that 6th place finishes is, is even better because you think about the invert the field for the next race. But I mean, he started 27th and and, and finished 5th and then he starts to, he actually starts 16th and finished 6th. So yeah, it was a great weekend all around for points and uh and racing at Pocono.
0: So at this point in the season, uh, he he led 35 laps rate right, uh, at Phoenix which resulted in a top 10. He led 25 laps there at Atlanta. Um, this one didn't make the best finishes, but it was a great run. He led 157 laps at Martinsville, but I'm just mentioning these laps led because we're going into this next race in my list of best finishes. And this one is at New Hampshire Motor Speedway where Ryan gets a solid top five finish, but he did lead 64 laps of this race that did go on to be dominated by the 10 car of everybody, of all, uh, of all people there who got the lone victory for Stuart Haas racing in 2021. Uh, Eric Almarola, so 64 mm-hmm. laps led in the
1: race at Loudon New Hampshire mm-hmm. oh Atlanta the week before he finished fifth also
0: oh that's true yeah. yeah um I left that one off just because the wind totally overshadowed it <laughs> no I had that one on here <laughs> as well yeah finishes fifth at Atlanta a race uh we'll talk about ones we attended but I did get to see that run um just that was just a solid race all around mm-hmm. so he follows up Atlanta like I said went to New Hampshire another top five run um, and then we'll jump all the way ahead to the Indianapolis road course, a race that you got to attend in person, Finishes second. Um, he was, had a solid day, pretty much running in the top 10. Lots of craziness happened to get him to second place, but he did get to second and had a shot at, at winning and, the chance to battle there with, um, uh, eventual winner,
1: uh, Eric or, uh, AJ Almondinger. So, Ullmendinger, yeah. um,
0: it got a little exciting for you down the stretch there.
1: That was, um, That was a crazy, crazy, crazy race. Uh, You know, the track coming up with the curbing coming up and uh, uh, fun to watch from where we were sitting. Uh, Indianapolis has a a pretty good setup, even for the road course itself. Uh, No matter where you're sitting, there's TVs to look at where you you can see other action that's not in front of you. And um, yeah, he took advantage of some things and uh, people spinning each other out and so on and so forth. And then uh, staying away from the trouble and then. Like I said, he had two laps to go get A.J., and he almost did. I mean, you know, but A.J. is really, really good at road courses, as we know. So uh, not a bad second place, you know. So this stretch here
0: from Atlanta to the end of the playoffs uh, at Daytona was Ryan's best stretch of the season. Fifth at Atlanta, fifth at Loudoun, um, finished 14th at Watkins Glen, which is respectable, second at the Indianapolis road course, and then these next two races here. Super, super exciting. Ryan goes up to Michigan, the only race at Michigan this year. They just went down to one race weekend, and he wins the darn thing with the help of uh, spotter Josh Williams because it kind of turned into almost a little bit of a mini super speedway race towards the end that involved a lot of blocking, uh, lane choice, watching runs come along. Um, The video uh, that had Josh's audio kind of went viral a little bit among the NASCAR community. I know we reposted it and played it uh, on our podcast recap that week. So um, if you didn't catch that audio, go back to our Michigan recap podcast and you can hear that right off the bat. But um,
1: big big time
0: fun with Josh Williams uh, uh, helping lead Ryan to victory there
1: yeah that podcast we actually had uh, had josh on and got That's to talk to, to the eight about the eight laps um the eight laps that he uh he, he piled him through there and and the big thing there was choose cone in that one yep uh and then uh you know and he said thank you yep <laughs> <laughs> and then kyle bush um although he was you know pissy about it afterward he did mention that he pushed ryan to the lead and then once Ryan got there uh, you know he held it held a it freight laps and uh really really exciting um you know that's the style of racing that it is and i don't know if that's going to go away next year with the, the next gen car but right you know he definitely showed uh, the way you're supposed to do it and uh yeah michigan was awesome
0: it was fun, and what was great here, you know, Ryan wins on another type of track, so Michigan's a little bit longer, what, two miles, right? Uh, two something mile. around there, so at this point, Ryan's won at Pocono, he's won on a super speedway at Talladega, he's won on a road course at the Roval, he's won a mile and a half at Atlanta, now he goes out to uh, this uh, Beyond Intermediate track, this two-mile track out there in Michigan and picks up a victory. Also, this marks the first time in Ryan Blaney's NASCAR Cup Series career that he wins multiple races within one season. Um so that if that wasn't exciting enough uh you know uh, we might talk a little bit about it more when we go through the list of races we attend but um this next race coming up here uh the 12 team goes to daytona uh to finish out the regular season um ryan blaney again goes to daytona
1: late restart wins the darn thing (laughs) you know once he uh once he uh he covered the covered the runs in that last lap. Uh, the green white checkered there. He, he covered uh, Harvick's run. Actually, it was the one. Once he covered Harvick's run coming out of two, um, you know, the next flag was going to win the race. And um, a wreck, you know, a wreck was one way of doing it. I would have loved to have seen him come all the way around and just win it at the line. But uh, it was a checkered flag, and uh, at the line, he, you, you know. And uh, that that uh, is uh, a piece of audio I've got pinned to my Twitter. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, whenever I need cheered up, I listen to that. Another great uh, job of
0: navigating Ryan through traffic that Josh did throughout that entire race. And like I said, especially the end of that race there and uh, an iconic moment for Blaney fans, especially Blaney fans that follow along on the scanner each week with like, as you said, josh uh getting pretty excited after the caution flies after the ryan takes the white flag and like you said checkered flag at the line iconic moment iconic moment for uh for all of us that follow ryan blaney and that is his third victory of the year three races he won in one year and back-to-back races going into the nascar cup series playoffs so he follows up Uh, that we mentioned that so they did go from Daytona they went to Darlington that was kind of a downer (laughs) uh, there another race that I had gone to but they go to their next best finish of the season um, a race that he led 45 laps in he's led a lot of laps at this track and that's Bristol on the traditional concrete uh, fourth place finish in the Bristol night race and I think it was a race that he had a pretty decent shot of uh, possibly contending for a victory Um, obviously we are already uh, excited, uh, ecstatic about the three wins, but I was getting I'm a little bit more greedy here, wanting some more. And uh, the Bristol night race is an iconic race and uh, had a shot at it, led some laps. Uh, he's really good there. He won Xfinity and truck races at Bristol. Still looking for that cup series win there, but a fourth place finish in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. You know, this was a perfect time too, to get to that second round of the playoffs. And uh, he started putting it together, a run that, that looked like it was going to carry him the, the distance there.
0: It was. He's building up a lot of points and he goes from uh from the Bristol Night Race just to that next week to Vegas again. The second race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. He finished fifth earlier in the season and he matches this one with another fifth place finish
1: out in the desert. Yeah, once again they get to the mile and a half, and uh, you know, no matter what the package was, uh Ryan Ryan's the top Ford guy on the mile and a half um this wasn't a best finish but they did go to talladega
0: the next weekend that's where uh his best friend there bubba wallace picked up the victory ryan finishes 15th but had a really strong car at talladega didn't actually get to lead any laps there but he doesn't always really necessarily lead a ton of laps on super speedways i think he was kind of uh the rain really just kind of took away ryan's chance of having an opportunity to win that race unfortunately so we didn't really get to see that one play out and ended up finishing 15th Um, but then kind of goes on a stretch here again, uh, to close out the year, had a decent run in top 10 runs at the Roval in Texas. Um, we already mentioned that 37th place finish at Kansas, um, but closes out the year at 11th at Martinsville. And then his final best finish of the season, best finish number 11 of the season, fourth place finish. We just recapped it Phoenix raceway in the NASCAR championship race to close out a strong and solid 21 campaign.
1: Yeah. You know, the only, uh, non-playoff guy, uh, in the top five. And, uh, when you look back statistically and you look back at how the playoffs were set up and who did what during the season, during the regular season, um, Ryan was one of the top four guys and finishing fourth, uh, at the end there was very befitting, uh, of the season. So we did best finishes. We did worst finishes. Um, I just
0: kind of have a, a notable stat to put up here. Um, Ryan, one of his worst tracks statistically, has always been Richmond Raceway, despite the fact that that's where he made his NASCAR debut in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Um, But at Richmond, he has an average finish after this year of 22.2 in 11 starts. But in 2021, finally, he broke through with a 10th place finish in the fall race at Richmond. He uh, had originally finished 11th in the spring, so something... Something changed finally, uh, with that 12 team out of Todd finally eked out a a top 10 finish there. And that was one of those ones where they, I think they passed the three car, uh, to finish in the top 10 in that, uh, one of the final closing laps of that race. So it was an exciting one for us to watch. He had an in-car camera that race. I remember specifically, so finishes 11th and 10th at Richmond. That's just something, you know, for his career, he's just never run there. Well, and finally breaks through into the top 10, um, so you mentioned statistics uh, for Ryan in his NASCAR Cup Series career. And pretty much overall, in nearly every category, it was a career year for Ryan Blaney. So I want to go through some of those things. Uh, obviously, right out of the gate, he has... three um, seven total NASCAR cup series victories. Now three of them came in this season. And this was the first season we had mentioned where he had multiple wins every other season from 2017 to 2020, one win per season, three wins in 2021. Steve kind of mentioned in the recap there that Ryan pulled off that top five at Phoenix to kind of help me out uh, statistically because I was a little bit down because he was not, uh, had not surpassed his top five finishes, uh, most top fives in the season for his career, but he did. Uh, was able to match it. So the last three seasons, 2019 to 2021, Ryan has finished with 11 top fives, so tying his career mark in top fives. But with the finish at Phoenix Raceway, he continued to pile on to his uh top 10 mark. Uh, he passed that up a couple of races ago, but in the end, he finished 2021 with 20 top 10 finishes. That was the most in his career. Uh, the most prior to that came in 2019 when he finished in the top 10 18 times. Um, laps led this is one of those categories where he did not uh, exactly meet his career stats there he led 423 laps this season the most that he ever led before what came last season 2020 when he led 668 laps this is something steve and i have talked about over the year and steve you kind of have a theory here uh where maybe there wasn't an opportunity uh with the way the season was structured the races were structured this year to lead as many laps as normal yeah, when you've
1: added uh, road courses uh, and taken multiple. away lots multiple road course. courses, yeah, lots of road courses, and you take away la- uh, tracks where you race 300 or 400 laps uh, in in its place, um, you know, you've lost, you know, they they probably lost two, 300 laps uh, that they possibly could have gotten. So, you know, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, Wisconsin, uh, uh, Road America is only 62 laps, you know. And Indianapolis was only 95 laps, you know, so that things like that uh, totally uh, change, uh, you know, your chance to get all those laps led. So that kind of statistic uh, gets altered a little bit. So, again, 423 laps led this
0: year. That was actually his third most in his career. He led 660 in 2018, 668 in 2020. Uh, He beat 2019's numbers by one. He led 422 laps in 2019. So, 2021, he closes out the season 423 laps. But the important part is he led the most important lap three times to set that career mark and wins. Mm -hmm. Um, One place that he did improve in, again, uh, set a career mark an average finish of 11.9 prior to this uh it was a big jump here actually prior to this was 2019 when he was had an average finish of 13.7 2020 is just off of that at 13.8 and then jumps all the way down to 11.9 for his average finish for 2021 that was really good to see just overall and and we could see that like i said in that um that list of worst finishes i only counted 16th on back and he only had eight of those so only eight times did he finish 16th on back so that's really going to help your average finish overall um now just to take some of these stats and turn them into percentages 30.6 percent of the races this year he finished in the top five that's a pretty big number um Mm -hmm finished in the top 10 55.6 percent so more than half of the races this season he finished in the top 10 and then beyond that a lot of his other finishes all came between that kind of like 10 or 11th to 13th spot um he had a lot of 11th 11th place finishes um in a, a few 15th here and there uh, but for the most part you saw this 12 car in the top five top 10 all year long and it was great to see
1: yeah, you know, who knows what the future is going to hold. I'm, I'm sure that uh, this whole next gen thing is going to be totally wacky for a while till, till the teams with the money, uh, you know, figure things out. But, uh, you know, this year was a really, really fun year overall for all those things. The statistics were great and um, the results were great. And like I said earlier, uh, uh, in other podcasts, you know, the, the showing that they can rebound from an issue and come back from an issue and, and get back on the lead lap and then not only get back on the lead lap, but then getting himself back up into the top 10 and then give himself up into the top five by the end of a race. Um, you know, all great things that, uh, great drivers do. And, uh, you know, he's, I consider him one of the, one of the top four or five drivers in the sport. And I, I can't wait till next year to see what, uh, what else, uh, he can do
0: made gigantic step forward in his career, in his race craft, in his attitude, in his aggressiveness, everything, uh, went to the next level in 2021. It was really exciting just to follow along, um, and kind of record our thoughts every week and Mm -hmm. just kind of seeing all of this unfold. And just, you know, the fact that, um, he was a legitimate, uh, contender for a championship, really, really exciting stuff. Um, so we did our best finishes we did our worst finishes um why don't we just do a a real quick recap of the races that we attended in person ourselves and um for me i got to six cup races this year which is a new record And a lot of this was just the fact that my wife and i decided we were gonna get in the car and and drive a little bit further Mm -hmm. than we ever did um i did get to go to the daytona xfinity race out there on the speedway in february we followed that up we did the, the whole weekend on the road course we saw the the road course cup race and xfinity race um it was a really busy start to the season because then we also went down to homestead and saw the xfinity race and the cup race um we went to atlanta we went back to daytona again darlington the roval was kind of a an extra one there but you went to this race too race of the year for me by far is going to be the uh, the august race at daytona the regular season finale for the cup series um i'll call it one magic night ryan blaney goes to victory lane at daytona you and your wife kate who is our uh, fill-in host here on the podcast from time to time she was there my wife was there um pure magic pure excitement uh, we knew some other Blaney fans that were in attendance and and you know we're getting uh, updates from them and their thoughts and feelings uh before during after that victory and uh the now infamous photo of us taken uh, uh, with our
1: uh, <laughs> our hands on our hips uh
0: yeah. just overcome I would say with the doubled over in excitement.
1: trying to catch our breath. Uh, You know, it it started out with winning the tickets from the Ryan Blaney family foundation. Um, uh, Thanks again to them for, for having that little contest and, and, and and we won those tickets. And then from that point forward, there was never a doubt what we were going to do. We just had to figure out how to do it. And uh, once we got ourselves there, um, you know, to go to a race and, and, you know, 30, some guys race and super speedways, definitely uh, a lot of guys can win, uh, obviously, Uh, and for us to see the guy we're rooting for win live in person, um, and then to be there with you guys to do it, uh, was really just a spectacular, spectacular night. Um, you know, can we top it? I don't know at this point, you know, I mean, it'd be great. And hopefully there are other things that'll happen. Um, but as far as like personally attending a sporting event, it's probably the greatest thing, a sporting event I've been to because of the results.
0: I know it wasn't the Daytona 500, but any race at Daytona, especially under the lights, it's a spectacle. Um, It's really great. Your first super speedway race that you got to see in person. I know you tried to get to Talladega last year, but uh, the pandemic kind of ruined that trip for you um you kind of on a whirlwind trip you win the tickets you drive down here one day you know don't get a lot of sleep you you know get to the track just in time a couple hours before the start time um you get to join it with us we get to sit next to each other we get to celebrate that victory um high one of the highlights of my blaney fandom for sure i don't even know uh like we we talked about um on the anniversary of it you know dave won his his uh bush series race but you know just be there in person for this one really, really special, um, highlight of the year for me for sure. But we did also get to hit up, uh, the Darlington Southern 500. So we've been to plenty of Daytona 500s. My wife and I, uh, got to our next major on the NASCAR cup series list. There, going to the Southern 500. Uh, I talked about it on that podcast, but you know, you can just feel the history when you go there, you know, walking down the Hill and then under the archway that, you know, it says Darlington raceway. And then you see the track and, um, night race and you know Brian was running well he didn't end up finishing well but just the aura around the race and um the racing that you see in person that you don't always get to see everything on tv um the way they run the wall i mean it was it was exciting so of the races i would say darlington uh that daytona race um and then we did make our own kind of whirlwind trip uh, decided last minute, maybe a couple of des- days ahead of time, to go out to the Roval, our first trip out to Charlotte Motor Speedway. So we haven't been there yet. That would be our trifecta there for um, what remains of the NASCAR majors uh, would mm-hmm. be to go to the Coca-Cola 600. But we did get up there for the Roval. Ryan had a top 10 run there and tons of action there. That's a track where you got to see Ryan uh, pick up uh, his second victory of his career. So you've, you're have you a two-time uh, yeah. race uh Seeing Ryan win a race there, yeah. so lucky enough for that. But um, those were my highlights. So outside of obviously that Daytona race, any other highlights? I know you got to go some, well, to some new the, tracks for you.
1: Yeah, well, you know Road America was was a really cool thing to see. Um, Indianapolis, of course, is probably the biggest thing. Um, to, to go to Indianapolis just to be at that track, to be inside the facility, uh, to walk around that area uh, behind the stands and uh, in, in the middle there. And then we actually ran into uh, Josh Williams, got to talk to him before the race. Um, you know get to, get to meet him in person you know instead of just on a zoom call. Um, it was pretty cool, really cool thing to do. Um, and I do want to thank him a ton this year for not just coming on, but, um, I will have some questions on a Monday and before we do our podcasts and, uh, be able to ask him and he'll be able, he would give me any kind of information, um, didn't never pull a punch. Um, and, uh, you know, told me th- things that we, you know, that helped our podcast immensely, um, when it came to doing a recap on a race. So, uh, I really want to thank him a ton right now. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, we can keep that line of communication and be able to talk to him again in the future next season. Um, because, uh, he's, he's at the top of his game too, right now. Uh, and I think that the, you know, he's part of the reason, uh, you know, the team, you know, is a great team. Penske's put together a great program. Um, but uh, listening to what he was able to do with a couple of those races this year, you know, uh, you know, he's really a great great guy to know. And uh, I'm glad he's so interactive with us.
0: Yeah. The insight that Josh was able to give us in multiple podcasts this season. Um, I play it up all the time, repost it, pin it again, but um you know, Josh has helped Ryan to multiple victories, all of his Cup Series victories, especially those two, Michigan and Daytona, where he played such a big role, and then to the t- t- two victories at Talladega as well, uh, spotting for Ryan Blaney. Never thought when we jumped into doing this podcast last year that we, you know, we really get to get you know, that level of a guest, um, you know, we aspire someday to get Ryan on the show or, or something like that. Um, you know, we've had representatives, we had Aaron from the Ryan Blaney family foundation and, you know, the hauler driver, Justin Bosch, like, lots of great, uh, guests this season. And Josh has been one of those guys that's come on multiple times, um, given up his time to, you know, help us out and really just connect with, uh, all of the Blaney fans that are out there. And yeah, we, uh, we, I don't know, added just so much extra motivation in us doing this uh, week in, week out for sure. So we're forever indebted to, to his help and um, wish uh, him all the success in the future and uh, this the future with Ryan
1: uh, next year in 2022. Hey, do you want to talk about uh, the fantasy uh, and how the season ended?
0: So we crowned a champion in the NASCAR Cup Series, Kyle Larson, but as you're right, Steve, it is time to crown a champion in the NASCAR and the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League, but before we do that officially, why don't we just go through and run uh, run through our roster here? Which I thought it was an interesting week because right before I went to set my lineup, I think on Friday, uh, open up the app and it kind of gives you this big warning banner at the top that says championship four drivers will not earn stage points in this race do you know per nascar rules yada 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 and i'm like i you know immediately text steve and i'm like hey you know who you who are you putting in your lineup because we didn't think about it really last week when we were doing our uh, our preview part of the podcast and then talked a little bit about who we would be looking at in our fantasy our fantasy teams and that didn't, didn't even occur to me the fact that you know if you start truex and hamlin and 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 uh elliott that they're not going to earn stage points for you which might hurt you fantasy-wise, but, um, so I hopped into that week after, into this week, uh, for the race at Phoenix with that mindset and, uh, didn't necessarily really help me, uh, but starting the race, I had William Byron, Christopher Bell, Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch, Kevin Harvick, and Alex Bowman. He ended up in my garage. I actually had Keselowski in the garage and Bowman up there, but Bowman was, um, after his victory at Martinsville, almost a no-show in this race. I think he ended up with, uh, 15th or so place finish in the race um, But just did not uh, Did not work out for me. So my highest points getter ended up being Kevin Harvick who had a strong run nearly all race long got me 43 points. Um, I did make up some points here in the bonus picks. I had Kyle Larson for the winner Kyle Larson for the top Chevrolet Actually, no, I got the whole wow. I was I think the second time this season I picked all the bonus picks correctly so Kyle Larson for the win. Kyle Larson, top Chevrolet. Ryan Blaney for the top Ford. Martin Truex for the top Toyota. Chevrolet is the manufacturer of Hendrick Motorsports for the winning team. So I swept the bonus picks, but they really had to lift me up because of my unfortunate yeah. starting lineup there.
1: Yeah, the same thing with my lineup wasn't super, and I had all the bonus picks except uh, the Toyota. I had Denny as the top Toyota instead of Martin, so... Yeah, I did pretty well there uh, at Truex in my lineup. I actually had a playoff driver uh, with a usage left, so um, and my next best guy was Harvick, and then you know Brad and William and Kurt Busch. So, yeah, my lineup itself wasn't real, real strong, and that's because I used up all the good ones, uh, you know, in the nine weeks uh, prior. Um, But I did uh, well enough to to, uh, move my way up into some good position.
0: So let's take a look at the overall, not the overall, we'll go to the, the standings uh, for just the most points accrued during the race at Phoenix Raceway, and this ended up actually being really tight for the top 10 here. Uh, three-way tie for first and points earned at Phoenix with the Nutty Gamer, Joe Lopez won, and David Lazaro with 233 points. In fourth, we had the Dalai Lama 4 with 229. In fifth, we had Glitterbugs. Sixth, we had Rogue Tough. Seventh, we had Team Penske. Eight, we had Stan, Sam Speedsters. And then tied for ninth, lap this two ten Stellanarius, uh, our friend there from the uh, the live tweet on Twitter there, uh, live scanner tweet there, Stellanarius two hundred ten points tied for ninth, and then eleventh uh, Blaney's Daisy, another one of the the names that we see up there from time to time, two hundred and eight points. Uh, so let's go to our other standings, playoff standings only. So this is points earned during the playoff races only. Um, oh man okay top 10 here <laughs> we'll go to uh first in just the playoff standings only team Pensky led the way 2146 points second doug k0525 third spider monkey fourth clyde's chicken bit racing fifth no hesitation Sixth, moon cup seventh go larson eighth blaney kicks beep with 2045 points and uh, why don't we just end it at eighth what do you think no, not going to end at eighth? No, uh, no okay. not so much. All right. Finishing ninth in the playoff standings, Mez 12, 2,036 point, points. Tenth, Glitterbugs. And I stumbled, stumbled at the end here. Eleventh, Team Blaney Admin sitting outside the top ten with 2,022 points. And I, there was a point, I think, in, in the playoffs here where I was in you know fourth or fifth and riding high. But, uh, yeah. I stumbled, stumbled towards the ends there and, and there and, and fell out of the top 10 in, in the playoff standings. All right, we knew this was going to happen already. We thought it was an insurmountable lead. The champion of the team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League in 2021 is that rascal Clyde's chicken pit racing 7133 points fastest chicken in the south fastest chicken in the south Clyde's chicken bit racing congratulations you were the overall league NASCAR fantasy live league winner for team Blaney um Clyde we don't really know who you are we've asked uh, we've asked some folks you know to reach out to us if you're in that top 10 so Clyde uh, if you could send us a uh, a message uh, to any of our social media accounts Instagram Facebook Twitter um Maybe send us a screen grab from your phone just to kind of prove that this is you. We don't want somebody else here just saying that they're Clyde, but we might send you some uh, Team Blaney swag to celebrate your victory in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. So congratulations to Clyde. You are first. In 2nd Doug K 7,063 points. In third, Blaney kicks beep. 7,015 points. And fourth, Moon Cup. 6,998 points. Fifth, Rogue Tough. 6,837 points. Sixth, Glitter Bugs. 6,814 points. Seventh, Spider Monkey. 6,801 points. Eighth, Go Larson. Uh, hopefully a Blaney fan, uh, but hey, Larson won the championship. 6,778 points. Just like the uh, playoff standings here. Mez 12... My man Mez, co-host Mez, finishes in the top 10 here, 9th in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Your team, 6,723 points. And rounding out the top 10 this year, the Dalai Lama 4, 6,693 points. Team Blaney admin did, finally. I made it out of the 20s, and I finish up the year. Overall league standings in 19th position, 6,479 points. And that's it. It's over. It's official. Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, congratulations. Uh, all those guys, everyone there in the, in the top ten, really, including you, I guess. Um, you know, between Clyde, Doug, Blaney Kicks, beep, Moon Cup, Rogue Tough, Glitterbug, Spider Monkey, The Dalai Lama 4, Go Larson, You know, Team Penske finished 11th, Blaney's Daisy, a lot of these folks... Ah, uh, Vans twelve. Um, you guys were all up there all year long. I really like to know what the secret is. I guess Steve has figured it out. I kind of always uh, give him some flack for using up the big heavy hitters early in the year. and then you know, towards the end, that's when I start picking things up because i, I am all about the load management strategy and it works for me sometimes. Uh, worked for me in the overall in the playoffs there i finished just outside the top 10 uh, but you've managed to put a, an entire year together and the playoffs together you finished ninth in both point standing so congratulations to you but you win nothing sir
1: i went nothing nothing <laughs> and like it um but the truth is, is i messed up a couple weeks too so i i promise to do better next year i'm gonna study even harder Um, The truth is, is hitting, hitting the right combination of bonus things, you know, picking the right winner and top Chevrolet and top Ford and top Toyota each week. That's a, that's a, uh, tough task, but the guys who do it, uh, you know, Clyde is definitely one of those guys who does it. And, uh, next week, I hope I can, I can figure that out too. I
0: tell you what, um,
1: when it came to bonus picks this year, this probably was
0: the easiest year for bonus picks because, I either had a Hendrick Motorsports driver uh, in the top Chevrolets and the top manufacturer, top team. I think Chevy won 18 races this year, including Kyle's 10 races. So um, I, I don't, gosh, I don't even know within the last you know, 15, 20 races the year. I can't tell you a time where I didn't have Chevy and Hedrick motorsports as my top two picks there. So, um, that got me a lot of bonus points throughout the year was we just leaning on that, picking Larson a lot. Um, picking chase when you thought chase would be strong. Uh, though he really only ended up winning two road course races there. So, um, Every year, a new strategy. I'm not sure what my strategy will be next year. Maybe I'll go with you and just try to build as many points as I can early on and then try to do some interesting things through the rest of the season until the picks reset. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> All right, Steve, I-, I don't know what the future holds for us for the rest of 2021. I'm pretty sure um, this might be it. Uh, For the podcast But you never know Breaking news can happen Other things can happen With the sport Um, They just announced This week What the clash Is going to be like I wasn't thinking about We'll go through All the formats For the clash And everything But um, it's going to be 150 lap main there's going to be some uh, heat races. There's going to be qualifying. 40 people can enter. Only 23 make the race. So that's going to happen out there in February. So that's going to be the first thing. NASCAR making a big splash. But until until then, until we do a season preview or a clash preview or something, that might wrap it up for our very yeah. first season of the Team Blaney podcast. And um, Do you have any thoughts on, on doing this? It's something we've been wanting to do for a long time. We finally did it. We did it the entire year. Uh you didn't miss a podcast. I did. I missed uh, two or three along the year, yeah. but luckily we got to bring Kaden, uh your lovely wife who um huge Blaney fan, huge motorsports fan and has added a lot over the over the year. So thanks to her. But what were your thoughts overall on uh this first uh, endeavor we did, this first season of the podcast?
1: I you know, I really enjoyed it. Um I I think that uh you know, I'd love to do another season and and I cuz I think that there's more to come. I think that, you know, for, you know, following Ryan, that, uh, Ryan's going to be able to do even bigger and better things as the years go on. Um, I'd like to do is I'd like to get a little more feedback from, uh, from people, uh, you know, uh, hopefully it's all positive, uh, you know, but, uh, there's some things that we could probably do a little better or some things that, uh, that, uh, you know, you want to hear next year and things like that, Um, you know, we're definitely open to listening and, 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 and thinking about doing things, Uh, but it's not hard to interact anymore. You know, this world is a, is a couple tweets away, you know, uh, a Facebook message, a couple tweets, you know, and, you know, team Blaney is on Instagram. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's not hard to find. Um, So, you know, go ahead, give us a little feedback. Let us know what you thought. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, we'd like to spread it out to more people and and, and uh, more Blaney fans next year, and uh, I look forward to doing it. And maybe it'll be a little bit different next year. We're not sure yet, but uh, you know, stay tuned for that too. Because if you've subscribed to the feed, that's another great thing. If you've subscribed to a feed like like ours, uh, if something pops up, and we hurry up and do an episode. Uh, you know, it'll pop right up in your feed, and you'll have it. So you know, make sure you have subscribed to it, uh, wherever you, you download podca- podcast, Adam's done a great job all season long, uh, putting together all the different places that you can get it. Somebody asked for, uh, um, uh, Amazon and all of a sudden a week later, uh, Adam's got it on Amazon. So, you know. Uh, and you'll receive and, and, uh, you know, follow us on discord too. And we'll talk racing during the off season, but, uh, Adam, Adam's done a fabulous job of just putting this together every week. You know, I talk, you know, Adam actually sits down, puts all the sound together, makes sure that we sound, uh, good and, uh, make sure that we sound uh, coherent (laughs) and uh, that, uh, the product is great for you guys every week. And, uh, you know, he, he's getting paid absolutely nothing. Um, although, uh, body armor wants to sponsor us, we will, we will work for body armor. Um, you know, they don't have to pay us cash or nothing. We'll just take some product, you know, a couple cases here, a couple cases there. We'll read an ad, you know, so, uh, you know, give us a call, reach out to us somehow on, on, on social media let us know that you liked it. Uh, you know, and it'll help us uh, motivate toward doing it again next year too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll echo Steve on that. It's it's feedback, and we've been lucky enough to get uh, a decent chunk of feedback uh, through social media, through that Discord channel we stopped uh, started toward the end of the season. Um, but we always want more, and a lot of it maybe just more specific stuff on you know what you're looking for. Steve and I listen to a lot of other podcasts out there, and a lot of them are just very different from us, and that's something we've I don't want to say struggled with, but something we've talked over a lot. I'm like, you know, I really wanted to do this more of an informational thing you know steve's you know got his notebook with him every race writing down everything that he does for that recap again so you know steve thank me for for doing the production end of it i'm going to thank steve for sitting sitting there week in week out uh at the races even sometimes at the races that he attends he's doing some homework after when he gets back home uh going through scanner transcriptions from Stellinarius and various other things just to make sure he can bring you a detailed recap each week Um, we're just trying to give you stuff you don't get anywhere else you're not getting a race recap that's as detailed as what steve gives you week in week out Um, we're giving you a statistical analysis letting you know where ryan's Stands among the other competitors, where he stands in his career record, uh, where the trends are, things like that. Um, so I, I talked to Steve, you know I struggle with this maybe being a little bit too more formal. Um, there's other podcasts out there that are more you know like you know a group of friends sitting around talking racing. I think they have the luxury of being able to talk about the sport as a whole. Um, we're kind of more of a niche product where're you know we're following Ryan we're diehard fans of one driver. Um, we do talk a little bit here and there. I've slipped in a little bit of Daniel Suarez because I have a soft spot in my heart for that for that team and driver. Um, but everything else is Blaney Blaney all the time. So um, it's just a little bit different vibe, different feel. Um, I think goals for 2021, maybe we'll try to be a little bit more laid back. And I think as the season went along, we did, we got a little bit more comfortable just as hosts. Um, I mean, this is something um, at least, you know, radio wise that I did professionally for a while, early on in my career, stepped away from that. But this was an opportunity for me to kind of get back into that, get back into the production of it, get back into helping host a show along with Steve here um, and just get to talk, you know, steve's probably my best racing friend um and we just get to talk talk shop basically uh, mm-hmm. about something that we're really interested in and i've been thankful for the fact that we've been able to do that thankful for the fact that we did get to sit down and, and watch a race together this year thankful that ryan went to victory lane in that race which was amazing so um any feedback you have for us you can find us on all the social media channels you can hop into our discord and we can have a full conversation there um but we just want to know what you want to hear and um uh, I think yeah, all things point towards us doing this again next year. Uh, we're going to talk about formats, maybe adding a video side into it, maybe some other things that we might be able to drop in. Um, but um, I think the future is bright, and as long as we're having fun doing this, um, very proud of the fact that Steve, you know, we've doubled our audience uh, from you know the first half of the year to the second half of the year. Um, We're not getting thousands of people listening, but we have had thousands of people total listen through the entire year. We're down to, you know, a couple hundred, a few hundred people that listen week to week. So um, just the fact that, you know, we're saying hundreds of people listen to us each week is kind of exciting Um, because I didn't even think, you know, tens of people (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't wouldn't listen uh, to the listen beyond you know uh, our close relatives and family but uh, and we've met a ton of people especially through discord over the last few weeks and you know we've both talked to people at the racetrack that have come up to us you know when we're wearing our team Blaney gear um, Mm -hmm. to say thank you for doing the podcast and offer feedback in person that's been kind of the weirdest thing to me and my wife kind of jokes about it. i uh, like, uh, oh yeah, look at you. <laughs> you got, you got fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're all fans. I, I don't, I don't consider us having fans. We are all fans of, of the Blaney family and everything that they've done in racing. And, um, I don't know, it's been a great year. It was a great year to document, especially a career year for Ryan.
1: Yeah. I'd like I said, I want to say thanks again to you for, for being able to do this. Um, you know, giving us the, you know, you figured out the logistics of, um, how to do it and how to put it together each week. And, um, like I said, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And, uh, like I said, we would, we'd probably want to do it again next year. Um, and, uh, I, hopefully next year is even bigger and better.
0: All right, everyone, so that I think, at least, unless some other breaking news comes out, caps off our very first season of the Team Blaney podcast, and we want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode and all season long. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, you have all off-season to jump back to our very first episode of the podcast that dives deep into how we both became fans of the Blaney Racing family about two decades ago. If you'd like to interact with us you can find us on all the major social media outlets except for tiktok i guess maybe that's something to look at in the offseason yeah, maybe so you can find team blaney on twitter at team blaney on facebook at facebook.com slash team blaney on instagram at team blaney don't forget to also download rate on apple and subscribe to the team blaney podcast on all of the major podcasting apps as steve mentioned newly on uh i think audible and amazon music but you can also find us on apple google podcast iHeartRadio, spotify go back during this off season any of those podcasts that say uh special guest those are ones to listen to anything that says josh williams was on those are ones to listen to Um, we have a really special podcast with aaron blaney the director of the ryan blaney family foundation that talks uh, about everything that they have to do and speaking of that just to close out the show, to close out the season, as always, we want to remind you to check out that, the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. The organization was established in 2018 and supports causes that have closely impacted the Blaney family, including the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. You can find out more about the foundation on its website, ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on Twitter at rbfamfoundation. And finally, on Facebook at facebook.com rbfamilyfoundation
1: join join the blaney bunch uh while you're at it um this is also a way to actually help the foundation uh, you join the fan club uh get a membership and uh, actually coming up i believe in january they're going to do a fan club meeting uh an online zoom one probably um but uh it's actually a great little way to interact with you it's spe- they have a special facebook page specific to the fans uh of the fan that are in the blaney bunch and they put out some extra things there we got um actually a couple gifts this year after ryan wins from the uh, fan club so that's a it's a good way you donating to the cause and you're joining a fan club at the same time and uh we got a little flag that was autographed by ryan and i uh, got a gift card from uh, advanced auto parts autographed by dave um, that was pretty sweet. I'm, I'm never gonna ever spend that gift card. Uh, I just, I just like having the uh, Dave's autograph. You know. It's funny. I've got.
0: I'm looking at them both. I have my flag right in front of me. I have the gift card pinned up on my wall. I also still haven't spent that gift card yet, either. You get a T-shirt for signing up. You're gonna get access to the Zoom call where you're gonna be able to chat with Ryan. And I'm not sure what other Blaney drivers are gonna show up in that as well. And like Steve said, perfect time to join. Uh, the Blaney Bunch and support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation, especially when we're going to have this first virtual uh, Blaney Bunch fan club meeting coming up in uh, early 2022. So um, thanks to everything that they've done uh, overall for their causes, everything they've done for us along the way, access that they've given us and insights they've given us along the year. So make sure to be out there and support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. But for the last time, most likely in 2021, For my co-host, Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time, next year, 2022, right here on the Team Lenny Podcast.